Okay, uh, good morning. <coughs> it is Yud Zayin Cheshvan, Erev Shabbos. Let's learn a little bit. Continuing, of course, in the ninth story, the story of the Chacham and the Tom, the wise man and the simpleton. We finished uh, giving the intro to the story, what happened with the Chacham, that he uh, kept getting smarter and smarter, saw the world, ba-ba-ba, became a doctor and a philosopher, and he was totally unhappy. Right? He chased after his eyes, right? How did his whole journey start? He said he wanted to go lasbia eneb olam. He wanted to go uh, uh, satisfy, sate his eyes with the world. Uh, which, of course, means just chasing after what seems delicious. And uh, I don't know about you, but I know where that leads, and it's nowhere good. Um. And the end result is that he doesn't fit in anywhere. He can't, um, doesn't know how to speak to a woman. And um, the only people he has left in the world who know who he is to give him that kavod, that honor that he so desperately seeks, is to go back to his high school reunion and see all the, all the homies that he left um, who are now working at the gas station and he can drive by in his fancy car and hope that they'll notice him and remember him and be impressed. So that's where you get when you chase your, chase your, uh, what I heard Jordan Peterson say something like, you don't want to be the oldest guy at the frat party. That's creepy. Right. This guy is the oldest guy at the frat party. That's what he's doing. He's going back to his, his old fraternity to, Hey guys, Hey guys, check this out. I can drink three beers. Um, that's the Chacham. <coughs> then it says, for the, for this, We're going to put the Chacham and his story on the side for now. And now we're going to start tar- talking about the Tom, the simple man. Hatam Hanal, the aforementioned simple man, he learned to be a shoemaker. Because he was simple. Took him a long time to, to learn until he got it. And he, he wasn't such a great shoemaker. And he got married. And he, he earned money from this from this job, from being a, a shoemaker. And because he was a simple person, and he didn't really know, he wasn't such a great shoemaker. Because of this, his parnasa uh, came with great difficulty and, and very minimalized. He didn't make a lot of money. He didn't have time even to eat. He he uh, you know he was like the Jews in the Lower East Side in the sweatshops. He was at at, at his desk you know fourteen hours a day just just uh, trying trying to pump out shoes. Because he wasn't such a good shoemaker, it took him a long time to to get the shoes done. Rock <coughs> But in the time that he would work, Okay. He always had to be working because he didn't have the rock just at the time while he was working, at the time that he was, and this is overly descriptive, at the time that he was making a hole in the, in the leather and he was putting in an taking out the thread, the thick thread of the, of the stitching, as is the way of shoemakers, then he would uh, bite a piece of bread and eat. Okay. 
feels like a lot of extra description, but I don't see anything uh, anything there that I can open up. His custom was, and his custom was, how did he do that? The way he was, his manner was, that he was always, he always had great joy, a lot of great joy, right? Besimcha tamid, he was always besimcha, gedola, great simcha, ma'od, very great simcha. He was a happy dude, right? Well, not happy, joyful, right? This is the question, how to translate simcha into English. Because simcha isn't like, like if you show up at my house, and bring me uh, a cupcake, which, uh, you know, everyone's invited. Come bring cupcakes, brownies, any any sort of baked good, uh, I'm down. That would make me happy, right? But that wouldn't give me joy, I don't think. I think that's how I want to say it, right? Simcha isn't, you came to my house and, and brought me, uh, you know, freshly, freshly baked pie. Although you can if you want. Um... Simcha is, right, when Rabbi Nachman enjoins us to be besimcha tamid, and he talks about it over and over and over again in Sichas Aran. And in Sichas Aran, he mentions how Rabbi Nachman over and over and over again spoke about the need, the the the, the intense uh, imperative, that's the word, imperative, to be to be joyful at all times, right? And this shoemaker um, clearly had learned Sichas Aran, and he knew that he had to be besimcha tamid. Let me do this. This and this, fine. <clears throat> um, so he was always happy. Vahaya rak malay simcha tamid, and he had, and he was only full of joy always, right? So not only was he tamid besimcha gedola maod, he was always very, very joyful and happy, and he was only full of simcha always, right? So that word tamid we see twice. This is an important point that I that I that I I like to bring up when we discuss this, right? I could hear Rabbi Nachman say. Right, and I might think, oh, so what happens if one day I'm not besimcha? Oh, oh, gotcha. Right, you say I always have to be happy. So what if I do someday I'm not happy? Right, my, uh, you know, I have a fight with a loved one, uh, problems at work, etc. Right, everyone can give uh, for better or for worse, you know, a million reasons why I might not be happy in a particular moment in time. Um, but. So I heard from from my Rosh Yeshiva in uh, my first Yeshiva in Israel, um, Rav Ravinder Halevi Shlita. He said that the word Tamid in Lashon of the Torah, right in modern Hebrew, Tamid means always. Ani Tamid shote kafe baboker. I always drink coffee in the morning, right? That's modern Hebrew, but actual Hebrew, Ivrit Tanachit. The word tamid, uh, the ner tamid isn't always lit, right? The eternal flame in the in the Beit Hamikdash was not always lit, right? The the Gemara in Shabbos explains in depth um, how the coin would clean the the cups that held the oil and clean out the oil and put in new wicks and yada yada yada, right? So and then he would relight it every day, right? So that's the ketev tamid. Tamid means I always relight it. Right? It's not that the flame is always lit, it's that I always relight the flame. Right? It's not that the Korban Tamid is, is always on the Mizbeach, it's that every day we do it. We always do the Korban Tamid. Right? Um, so so a, a noun being referred to as Tamid means that it's, it's like an action on, the, on, on another 
actor. The Nair Tamid is always relit by the Kohen. The, the Korban Tamid is always brought again by the Kohen, right? Um, so if I have to be Besimcha Tamid, then that means that my Simcha always needs to be refreshed, right? If it needs refreshing, you know, God, you know, God willing, we should just be Besimcha and that's fine. And he had all of the of the garments and all of the beverages and all of the tasty tasty foods. He had them. How did he have them? He would say to his wife, "Ishti, tell me woman, bring me food." And she'd give him a piece of bread, and he would eat. Simple enough. Acharkach, Hayomer, afterwards he would say, Tenli harotev, parentheses, marak soup, im kitnit. Right? Give me that uh, bean soup, that, that delicious bean soup that I love so much. And he, so she would cut him another piece of bread, and he would eat. He would praise her and say, Ah, ah, woman, you've outdone yourself. This is some soup. Right, and and he would, um, and so too he would he would command to give him the 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 fleish, a little abyssal, abyssal hamburger, abyssal, uh, you know, uh, pargiot, ushar machalim, tovin, other good foods. Uh, really, that chicken salad you made on Pesach? I don't know. Kiyotzebeze, etc. Uv'ad kol machal machal. And for each and every food, hayta notenet lo chatichad lechem. She would give him a piece of bread. Vo'ya mit aneg ma'od mizen. He enjoyed it so much. V'shibach ma'od at oto machal. He said, oh, oh. Hashem, Hashem Yishmor, thank you, sweet Lord in heaven, you gave me such a woman, who gave me such a delicious, you know, pasta, I, mean, I don't know anything about food, I'm not a food guy, so I don't know what's yummy, um, I don't know, I'm like, you know, an omelet, give me an omelet, ah, woman, what an omelet, oh, amazing, but it's really just a piece of bread, kamahu mitukan vatop, how it is so mitukan, uh, like, uh, fixed, um, well put together of a tov and good, as if he was actually eating that food. And in truth, but really, when he ate the food, he felt the bread. While he was eating the food, he would taste each and every, while he was eating the bread, right? He would eat each, he would taste each and every food that he wanted to be eating. Because he was so simple, and because of his great joy, um, right? So this is this is this is like a really high level. This guy, right? What happens? Where where do we see something similar to this in the Chumash? Of course, uh, someone eating. Well, there's really two people that that uh, where everything tastes the same. Right? There's two demuyot in the Chumash. Where the food is always the same. One, of course, is Am Yisrael in the desert. What did we eat? We ate the man, right? Um, they didn't know what it is, so they called it man. Um, and it, the, while, the, while the Torah does describe what it looked like and what it tasted like, it also says that it tasted like everything. I'm not sure if it's Rashi that said that. I forget where. Maybe it's actually in the, the shots of the Pesukim. 
themselves, but we know that the man tasted like whatever you wanted to taste like. It was, you know, it was lahavdil. Uh, it was like soy raining down from heaven. You want it to be taste like meat. You can make it taste like meat. You want it to taste like cheese. You can make it taste like cheese. You want it to taste like uh, lobster. You can take it taste like lobster. Whatever you want. It's all soy, baby. Um, so that's one level of food that has every taste in it, which comes from a high level of being solely dependent on God, right? Right. The the Mun teaches me that when I put my hands, when I put my life in God's hands, and I just say, "All right, you know, I I don't know where you're taking me, this crazy desert with this Moses character, but uh, it's better than slavery. Whatever it is, it's better than slavery, right? Not because of the comfort, right? Right. We see Jews immediately, uh, B'nai Israel immediately, were saying, "Oh, they." We had fish, and we had, you know, uh, onions, and we had, uh, what else, garlic, uh, random sort of food items, watermelon, I think, and whatever. Um, It's a whole, it's not about the comfort, right? So some people people miss slavery because it's it's easy. It's easy being a slave. You don't have to think, you know, you're taken care of, etc. But there's some people that reject slavery not because it's uncomfortable but because it's slavery and that's the opposite of what god wants for me which is to be free um, because only when i'm truly free can i take responsibility for my actions that's what ultimately it's about like who cares if i'm free just so that i can um you know chase my tail uh feast my eyes on the world as the chacham says uh who cares what's the point of it go be a slave you might as well be a slave because if you're just chasing after your eyes then you're just a slave to your eyes right um Right, because if we go back to the Pasuk where it says, If you are just following your eyes and your heart, that you zonim, that you're whoring after them, right? Well, we know that a, a, a whore has a pimp, right? So if I'm chasing, if I'm just whoring after my desires, well, then uh, that means I have a pimp, which means that I am a slave. Um, so I want to be free so that I can make my own decisions, so that I can be accountable, Right, because that's that's the height of of maturity and humanity, and um, and uh, you know an important an important prerequisite for Avodas Hashem is the desire to be accountable and the ability to be accountable. So when you go in the desert, when you follow God into the desert, He gives you the food, and it's and it tastes like whatever you want it to taste like, right? Which means the experience is however I get to describe my own experience, right? Because there's, there's always going to be challenges and work and, and pitfalls and getting up along the way. The question is, how do I call that, right? Do I call it, oh, oh, again? Oh, again, this thing happened? Again, I got a parking ticket? Uh, if, if it's just, okay, I get it, a shabby with me, but why? You know, come on, God, you know, like, it's okay to crash down again, but if that's the seaport, if that's how you describe it, what's the taste? What's the taste? God's giving you sustenance. What does it taste like? Do you say it tastes like, it tastes like tears and it tastes like bitterness and it tastes like pain all the time? Okay. And then that gets to be your, that, then that's what you eat. But if you say, oh, it's a geschmack, it's a geschmack, it's a delicious Hashem, you're giving me such delicious yisurim. Hashem, you're giving me su- su- such, such gorgeous discomfort. Oh, Hashem, this, 
the, this thing I'm going through now, I'm twisted in knots left, right, and center. Thank you, God. Oh, it's amazing, right? So I can be in this, in this, in this headache, in this heartache, and 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 it's thank you, God. It's delicious. It's delicious. I'm alive. Ah, amazing. I'm alive. Gorgeous. Because uh, that's really what we we want to be. We want to be alive to the fullest that we can be. Fine, so that's one level of, of everything tastes the same. And another level of everything tastes the same is the Nachash. Right? What happens with the Nachash, right? He got the, he sees Adam and Chava, um, uh, you know, um, spending spending some time together, quality time together. And he gets jealous, and he decides to to make a move, and he uh, he, he talks to her, and he says, "Hey, hey, girl, you want to come back to my house and have a fruit salad?" Um, and she's like, "No, I can't. I can't even touch the tree the fruit salad's made on." He's like, "Check this out, right? We all know the story, yada yada yada." And then he gets punished, and the good Lord says to him, "You're going to eat from the dust of the earth. Eat from the dust of the earth," which means that. Not only is his food everywhere, right? What 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 happens if one's food is everywhere? Right? What's the what's the um, what's the only bracha that Lukuli Alma is uh, is deraisa is ve'achalta ve'savata uvarachta? Right? The only one of all the brachas that we make, you know, uh, on uh, mitzvahs and food and nanin, da da da, all those brachas are um, derabanan except for. Birkas Amazon and Yeshomrim, it's a machokas for Shonim, I forget whom, um, if Birkas Torah is Deoraisa. But certainly, uh, Birkas Amazon is Birkas Amazon, which is to say that the, the main bracha, the first bracha, the main bracha that we have is on food, right? God wants us to pray for food, right? Because food is so important to our lives as human beings, right? That God, Hashem, obviously wants us to keep Him in mind and be thankful. Um, when we interact with the food. It's a great way to, to maintain contact because uh, certainly coming from America, you know, we always eaten. Um, we're always eating. So the fact that the snake has his food everywhere, he doesn't have to pray for it, right? It just It's just there wherever he wants. He doesn't have to pray. And it also has no taste, right? There's no, there's no relationship. There's no reciprocity. Hashem just says, I don't even want, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to hear from you. Don't call me. Lose my number. Goodbye. Right? Get, get the step in. And so without any amala, without any labor, without any work involved, without any effort, food just given has no taste. Right? So on the one hand, there's the, the the snake who on the he seems rich everywhere he goes he's got food right what else does he need he doesn't wear clothing he doesn't need shoes you know he doesn't take his kids to to, to daycare or anything he just needs to roll around and uh, eat right so he's a rich man but he's totally unhappy because all his food is tastes like dust it's all the same so so one level of food having no taste is. Or, or being all the same is because I'm not thankful, right? I can be eating the most delicious steak dinner in the fanciest restaurants and have the most beautiful date in the greatest car and the, the, the most luxurious house, hotel room, vacation, private jet, whatever it is. But if I didn't thank God for it, it's not going to make me happy. If I didn't 
if I'm not using it to connect to, to Hashem, if I'm not asking, if I'm not turning that private jet into a vessel for serving Hashem, it's not going to have any taste. It's not going to have any meaning, which is why we see all these crazy, these, these, you know, wildly rich people that haven't had to think about money in decades and they're totally miserable and they're, they're just up to no good. And, you know, Hashem is more of these people, Right. Because it's just they their food is everywhere and it tastes like dust. It's meaningless to them. So the opposite of that is the people that that say that every day have to ask God for the food. Every day, the people in the desert, the mun, we look up to the sky, and say, "God, feed me, please. I got kids, you know. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta make sandwiches. I gotta get off to go. If you could hurry up, I need to. I was gonna make, uh, you know, I was gonna make tuna fish today. Maybe if you could, you know, bring me down some tuna fish, that'd be great." Um, and that's where the, the Tom is, right? The Tom is, um, right. Someone who, right. That's, that's the thing with the word Tom, right? The opposite of Tom is met. You turn the letters around. Tom is met, right? That's also a kind of stimulant, right? A dead person doesn't move. He doesn't talk. He doesn't walk. He doesn't think he's just there. He's just kind of, he is what he is. He's a goof, right? He's just a piece of flesh. That's, that's the ultimate stimulant, the ultimate simplicity, Right? I'm just a bag of bones, bag of flesh, waiting to, to you know, rot in the ground, as we all will be someday. Um, so, Tzmimut could be mistaken for stupidity, could be mistaken for someone who's just not, doesn't understand the world and isn't a part of the world. Uh, but that's like the snake, right? So the Tom, he is... He is paralleled with the the door that followed Hashem into the desert, which certainly is a is a movement is a an action of Tamimus, right? Saying I don't know I don't know where I'm going, but I know I can't be here, right? There's only one way, and it's it's following Moshe Rabbeinu, it's following Hashem Yisbarach, it's following this pillar of fire. I just know I can't stay here, so I'm gonna go. Right, so that is the kind of person that we're talking about. That is our Tom. And that is the end of the podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed it and have a wonderful Shabbos and God willing, Motzi Shabbat, we will be back. Have a wonderful day.